I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of Him. Amen. Good morning, church. My name's John. I'm one of the pastors here at Anderson Hills. We're just so thankful that you've joined us online or in person to worship Jesus together and to uh, hear God's word. You know, I think it's such an incredible juxtaposition. The, uh, the words that we just heard from John on a day where we celebrate those who have gone on before us on All Saints Day. For John says this, I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you may have eternal life. So that you may know. Isn't that an interesting way of phrasing it? He doesn't say so that you may hope, so that you may wish, that you may gamble. No, so you may know that you have eternal life. At this point, John is the elder statesman, if you will, in the, in the church. John is one of the few who had walked with Jesus, who had been with him in his ministry day in and day out. And John is speaking with great confidence, not only of his future, but of our future as well. I've written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Some confidence right there. He's confident. And you know, in life in general, if you're going to be successful, you've got to have some confidence. As Eleanor Roosevelt once asked, what could we accomplish if we knew we could not fail? What an intriguing question. It's the question asked by successful visionaries generation after generation after generation. What could we accomplish if we knew that we could not fail? It's the kind of thinking that led George Washington as he led his troops across the icy Potomac. It's the kind of thinking uh, that led Abe Lincoln to continue to run for election even after he had lost time after time after time. It's the kind of thinking that led Edison to continue to try new ideas for the light bulb until finally he found one that would work. This confidence is essential. What could we accomplish if we knew we could not fail? Of course, it's the kind of confidence that has inspired some other activities as well. It's inspired also great moments like these. <laughs> confidence, eh? You know, confidence can get you a lot of different places, and it's all about what your confidence is in, right? If your confidence is just in yourself and your skills are, well, limited, then you're going to find your confidence to get you into a lot of trouble. It's not just about being confident. You can be extremely confident and extremely wrong at the same time. The question is, what is your confidence in? Is your confidence in something that is real, that is reliable, or do you just have confidence in confidence itself? 
John wants our confidence to soar because he wants us to know the truth that God proclaims about eternal life. He wants to give us reason that we can be confident so that we may know, so that we may know that we have eternal life. Three things he gives us today that we can be confident in. The first one is we can be confident of eternal life. We can be confident of eternal life. Eternal life is not just a spiritual destination. You know, we've celebrated those who have gone on before us. We've remembered them. We honor them. Our hearts hurt a little when we hear those names, or maybe our hearts hurt a lot. It's a difficult thing. But you know, today gives us some hope, some words of hope, knowing that, as the lady sang earlier, this world is not our home. It's not the end for us here. No, John talks about a life eternal, and that's not just a future thing, you know. That's eternal life begins right here in the here and now when we give our lives to Jesus that we can begin to experience, not in its fullness, but in its earlier forms, eternal life, hope, confidence, that that gives us. And our confidence, of course, is not in ourself. It is in our God. That's why it's a, a confidence that can be meaningful. Like I said, it's all about what your confidence is in. And you might say, well, it's hard for me to have confidence in God. It's hard for me to have this trust in God. And you know, it's true. We have to put our trust, our confidence in so many different things, people, situations. But we're kind of used to that, aren't we? For example, when I go to get on an airplane, I don't go to the door of the cockpit and knock and say, excuse me, I'm gonna need to see your logbook and your license and all of these kind of things. Perhaps some references from former flyers, right? who can vouch for your capability to not only fly this plane, but for your mental health that you want to actually land this plane, not into the side of a mountain or something like that? I don't do that. If I did, they'd probably give me a ticket right back to the terminal, right? It's not going to work out. You've got to trust. You've got to trust that the airline says that this pilot is legit and it's safe to get on this plane. We do this in so many, we do it in more simple ways when we drive, right? We drive on two lane roads with another person coming our direction just several feet over from us. And we trust that they are a legitimate licensed driver, right? We trust that they're not, you know, distracted driving, right? We trust these things, or we hope, we hope that it's not perhaps this chick here coming at us who's you know, curling her eyelashes while driving. And you thought you hated potholes, right? Yikes. We trust. After all, what's the alternative? Are you just going to stay home all day? Well, even if you do that, you're trusting the person who built the house. It's not going to come falling in on you, right? Boy, I'm really rough on the hypochondriacs today. Sorry. But we trust. We trust. And the question is, can we trust God? Can we trust God? And hear me, I, I'm not here telling you that you need to just have some kind of like blind faith, right? Like, like just, just trust and, you know, whatever. No, I personally am a follower of Jesus because 
a couple things. One, when I look at creation, when I look at this world around me, and the more that I get to know it, the more that I understand this world and the complexity of it, the more I recognize this is not just chance. This is not just luck that all these things worked out. I think that takes more faith to believe that than faith to believe that there's a God who created this and who loves us. Also, when I look at, at the person of Jesus Christ and I look at the historical evidence, not just the Bible, but evidence beyond the Bible, sometimes even evidence from critics There is more evidence, more historically documented evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, just that one event, than there is for the existence of Julius Caesar. Now, have any of you ever said, Caesar, what a myth, who believes that kind of stuff? I mean, that would be kind of nonsensical, right? I believe because it's not a blind thing. No, I have confidence in a God who reveals himself in so many different ways. In fact, it's interesting that in virtually every society throughout time, there is a belief that there's something more, that there's something more than just this life, and there's someone more, that there's this higher power. And I believe that that is our God who's revealed himself in Jesus Christ. C.S. Lewis said it this way, I found a desire within myself that no experience in this world can satisfy. The most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. I like that. I like that. We have this sense that this, this isn't it. This isn't our final home. I was made for another world. The late Father Henry Nowen, he told a story about a set of twins who were in their mother's womb, a brother and a sister. And as they were in there for, for nine months, they found themselves with a lot of time on their hands, <laughs> not a lot of entertainment, so they would talk from time to time. And Nowen says that the sister one day said, you know, I believe that there's life after birth, life after birth. The brother said, you've got to be kidding me. Life after birth, where would you get such a concept as life after birth? What could possibly be better than what we have right here? It's peaceful, it's quiet, it's warm, it's cozy. It keeps getting a little more cramped, but you know, it's okay, because we've got this this tube, right, that gives us everything we need. What could possibly be better than this? After some silence, the sister said to her brother, well, I believe in something else. You probably won't believe in it either, but I believe that there is a mother. A mother. A mother, really? Where where would you get this kind of idea? I, I mean, I've never seen a mother. I, I don't know why you would believe this. Who, who put these thoughts into your head? Why can't you just be, just, just enjoy what we've got right here? A little later, she said, do you ever feel that, that pressure? You know, it's a little uncomfortable at times. You feel that? He said, yeah, I do. He said, well, I, I wonder if this pressure is here to get us ready for a much more beautiful place to get to see our mother face 
to face. Well, a few more days went by, and sure enough, there's life after birth. The twins are born, and they're each placed one in, each mo- in the mother's arms, and she holds them. And the little sister looks over at the brother, and she says, I told you so. We've got this sense, don't we, that there's got to be something more than this world. There's got to be something more than just the pains and the difficulties and the injustice. We've got this sense that, that when we hear that bell ring, that it's not a final bell. No, it's a transition. It's not a final goodbye. It's, we'll see you later. We'll see you later. We've got this hope of eternity, and I believe that God has written that, has placed that upon our lives. I believe it's something real. We can have hope in eternal life. That's not all we have hope in. We have, or we have confidence in. We have confidence in prayer as well. John says it this way, verse 14. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. Now, you've got to keep these two together, right? You can't just take this out of context, right? You know that we have this confidence in approaching God if we ask anything according to his will. Not just if we ask anything, we get everything we want, right? Like, double your paycheck. Okay, why not? You prayed it. That would be great. It would be great marketing for us, but it's not really how it works, you know? If we ask anything according to his will, prayer isn't just asking God to conform to my will, although it's fine to ask to put your requests before him, to cast your cares before him, that's biblical, but at its core, prayer helps to conform my will to God's will. When I spend time in prayer, it's like a two-way conversation here, and I get to understand more of God's will, and God's desires, as we grow in faith, God's desires become more and more like our desires. We can have confidence in prayer that we're praying to a real God who hears us. And finally, this God loves us, and we can have confidence in our relationship with God. Confidence in our relationship with God. God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to give his life for you that that's why we can have this eternal life. That's what John makes clear in the beginning. We have confidence of this because we believe in Jesus. These two things don't get separated. It's not he's not talking about a universalism. He's talking about a faith in Jesus. God loves you and he cares about you so much. When you pray, God hears you. Jesus loved to use that metaphor of of a parent, right? When talking about God, Matthew 7, 9, he says, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? (laughs) It's like, trick or treat. Okay, here's the trick, rock. Like, it doesn't seem very caring now, does it, right? If you have a good parent, The parent supplies your needs, and not just your needs, the parent even goes so far sometimes to supply your wants, if they're aligned with the will of the parent. And and I think that this is how our God is. For example, last night, my family and I, we went to the Cyclones hockey game, and our kids were hungry, right? And Marissa asked, you know, can we get a snack? And that's how they ask it, right? Like, they don't come over to me and like 
bow down on the sticky floor, right, and say, oh, Father, we beseech thee. We are worms in comparison to thee. If thou shalt see fit, that we might have a snack. No, that's nonsense, right? They know I won't always give them everything they ask for, but they ask with confidence. Why? Because they have confidence in our relationship. Confidence that I love them, that I care for them, and then if what they ask aligns with my will, (laughs) there's the kicker, (laughs) that they'll receive it. That they'll receive it. And if it's good, and if it's to their benefit, I want them to receive it. I do. That's what good parents do. And if earthly, flawed parents can do that, imagine God. This is how Jesus refers to God. He calls God Abba, which means Daddy. Confidence in this relationship. Do you remember, maybe if you're a parent, a grandparent, or if you've had kids around, do you remember a moment like this, the child's first leap into your arms? Maybe it was at a swimming pool, off of something like that. It's an amazing moment, isn't it? Because that kid, (laughs) that kid's all in, let me tell you. (laughs) If dad goes, psych, well, we got a problem, don't we? (laughs) You don't leap like that unless you know you can trust your daddy. That's us, friends. We know that our heavenly father We can trust him because he's been faithful time and time and time again. And we can trust that he wants what is best for us, that he even offers us eternal life. And so this transition that we go through at death, it's a difficult thing. It's hard for us to lose our loved ones. It's a sad thing because we miss them. But we can have confidence we can have confidence that it's a leap into the arms of our everlasting Father, a leap into the arms of the ones who created this world, who holds it together. That's confidence. That's confidence in someone real. And you can have it too. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I don't, I don't have that confidence. When, you th- when I think about eternity, I, I don't know where I'm going, I don't know. I'm trying to work my way there and I don't know that it's working out. Well, friend, you can't work your way there. It's a gift. The Bible says that God loves the world and that includes you. God loves the world so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, who gave his life for us that we may have everlasting life. So I'm gonna pray right now and I'm gonna invite you to pray right along with me right where you're at. If you don't have that confidence or uh, God wants to meet you and he wants to give you that confidence as you give yourself to him. So God, we are, we are thankful that we can have confidence in you, that we can have trust in you. We are thankful, God, that we, we can leap into your arms knowing that you are good, that you are faithful, and that you love us. God, I confess that I sin. I've messed many things up in this world and I need your forgiveness. I can't do this on my own strength. I can't work my way into a right relationship with you, God, whether now or in eternity, and so I need you. And Jesus, I choose to trust that you paid the price for my sins, that you truly are the way, the truth, the life, that no one comes to God the Father except through you. 
God, would you come into my life? Would you heal me? Would you change me? Would you make me more like you? Would you give me the confident assurance of my salvation and eternal life? God, we love you and pray this in Jesus' holy name, amen. I believe that. I believe that we can find true joy, true happiness, true meaning in a relationship with Jesus. And so we, when we receive that from him, we get to go out from this place with that joy, with that confidence, and share it with others. Let's go and do just that. Also, I invite you, uh, after you might want to come forward. We've got members of our prayer team who would love to pray with you. If there's anything on your heart you'd like to pray for, uh, they're here, and they, they'll stick around as long as you'd like to pray. So let's go in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.